Welcome to From the Resort Podcast. This is episode number 24. Uh, today is the 4th of November uh, 2021. And here I've got the, uh, I've always wanted to get a, a brewer or someone who owns a brewery on the podcast. So t- without any further ado, I'd like to introduce uh, Kit Clinton Baker, who is the brewer at uh, Canyon Brewing. And we're outside here uh, enjoying the lovely shot over river, Kit. Uh, thank you very much for having me, Tim. No worries. Good, good um, to be here. Yeah, so I guess where we like to start off is early life, uh, Kit. Whereabouts were you born? Uh, what was family life like sort of growing up? Uh, so I grew up in sunny Nelson, um, or just outside of Nelson, a place called Mapua, um, kind of nestled in by the Abel Tasman. Um, yeah, so basically uh, grew up there from a young age, uh, skiing, uh, biking. Uh, my parents had a basically been in tourism their whole whole life so I was kind of uh, back and forth between sea kayaking so they, and skiing my okay. whole life. So they, what sort of um, employment did they have? So this tourism what sort of? Uh, so they uh, so my basically my well, both my my parents but mainly my dad uh, like managed ski ski resorts so he first of all managed uh, Mount Hutt and then he oh. uh, pr- uh, moved or the, the ski school at Mount Hutt and then he moved up to Nelson where he managed uh, the mountain at Rainbow Ski Field so a little bit smaller and then did like the ski school and in the mountain, um, and then moved into uh, sea kayaking in the summer. So basically, it was like a back and forth between that. So I kind of grew up around tourism, always yep. kind of like have, doing the doing the odd jobs for the parents, and that was a pretty cool upbringing. Just always around people and uh, lots of young people and stuff like that. So it was always fun and always good summer jobs. And uh, so uh, Nelson, and, Nelson, do you have any uh, brothers and sisters? Uh, uh, older older sister. She uh, she actually uh, your uh, hometown in Brisbane. Okay. Uh, she just moved there in the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, so Nelson was pretty cool. Always stuff to do. Yeah. Um, I've actually got to get up there, man. I really have got to sort of enjoy it. There's near the Marlborough Sound and all that. Ah, oh, yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's because I mean, I feel like it's a little bit of a similar lifestyle to kind of like down here. Yeah. Um, you know, like your mountains are only an hour away. You've got the beach. I mean, I guess that's the uh, the the difference from down here. But super sunny, lovely weather, um, nice people. Um, so so yeah. Um, Nelson was cool. Went to school there till I was eighteen. Um, so and, the whole. Um, Basically, your whole school life—you were there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, um, what what are some of the? Did you play any sort of sports or hob, what other hobbies did you have apart from the tourism activities? So, I mean, I, I did like competitive skiing. Okay. Uh, basically, till I was like kind of like seventeen. Yep. Um, and then I kind of like couldn't be bothered doing that anymore because it was a lot of time. Yep. On my weekends back, and then uh, alternatively in the summer, I did uh, played cricket. So I again played that till I was about seventeen, yep. and then I wanted my Saturday back as well. So, um, yep. so yeah, that was basically my my back and forth skiing in winter, cricket in summer, um, and then did that. And I've uh, obviously like uh, those uh, uh, passions, I guess, have. Um, fo- I mean, I still like them equally, but just don't do it in a competitive nature. But just yep. to had my first game of social cricket last night. Yeah, I mean, cricket seems to be big in New Zealand, especially all the people that I've had, a lot of people that I've had on the podcast seem to they seem to love cricket, play cricket, it's a, involved in cricket. It's a definitely a, it's a love or hate relationship, I think. Like if you've if you've grown up with it, you absolutely love it, and then people who haven't, it's like nah, too boring or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, yeah, I, I I love that and still do. Um, and yeah, so kind of uh, that was kind of my. 
I guess my my leisure activities and that yeah still to this day I mean that's the reason that I moved down to to Queenstown was for for skiing and mm. then obviously found um found a um a, a great job to to pair that with um yeah. So um, I guess what was your first job you would have had when you were in Nielsen, or did you have any sort of school no, jobs there? No, not really. I was just working with my parents. So yeah, I yeah, were doing old job. jogs at the, the, the sea kite company in the Able Tasman, um, yep. which is always it's pretty fun, just down mm. at the beach. Um, and and then, yeah, then I moved after school, I moved down to Christchurch where I studied um, chemical engineering. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I basically, that was a four-year degree, uh, so chemical engineering. Would you, where was it, sorry? Where was that? Were you studying? Uh, that was at Christchurch, okay, uh, yep. Canterbury University. Um, so yeah, four years there, and got my uh, yeah. It was a um, I guess um, bachelor of chemical engineering, minoring in like biotechnology. So that was kind of like where I first dipped my toes into. I guess that's where the, it all kind of started from the alcohol perspective. I mean, back at university, it was more so on the the um, the spectrum of quantity and economy opposed to it tasting good so it was you're buying okay. those started off one of those buying those little um they, they look like a dog food tin and it, it basically it's got everything in there it's got the yeast it's got the hops and yep. basically just made to be super cheap and you can do it in a, in a rubbish bin if you want um, <laughs> um but uh so uh, that that's, so that slowly you, evolved. So you you lived in Christchurch. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. So my second week of um, university was the the Christchurch earthquakes. So the one that killed yep. like 180 yeah. people. So the basically the first two years of uni was pretty like we had uh, tense yeah. uh, university lectures and like tents and yeah. uh, like makeshift buildings and whatnot. So it was kind of like a little bit of a interesting situation for the first two years. But um, yeah, it was great. Um, and as the kind of university developed uh we i mean especially in my area of um area of engineering like we were li- literally learning how to uh distill uh ethanol and ferment things and do that so that's yeah. kind of where the uh, a lot of people did do those home brew and home distilling yeah. stuff like that and so, so that's kind of where the, the did you do any home brewing at all before you sort of went to uni no no nah, 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 not at all um it didn't really interest me at all i've always liked cooking from like a young age yep um so i guess that where there's the i mean i've been always been kind of like a sciencey guy um yep. and there's the kind of like intersection between like science and and kind of like culinary side of things so yeah um i I didn't think I would have been. I mean, I was, you know, my uh, my engineering degree. I didn't think I would be here now. But um, it's always it's always been kind of like an interest of mine. And, um, yeah, and so finished my degree, and then uh, went went travelling for like two years after that. So where? So as far as you went travelling, did you go overseas? Um, I assume. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so where, went, where else did you go? So I mean, like from. Uh, from university, I was like, I'm gonna take a, a break from like the maths and physics and all that kind of um, stuff, and basically just yeah, go go skiing. So I uh, went over to Europe and did a season ski instructing in uh, Italy. Italy, okay. Yeah, so I did like six months there, and then basically took the European summer off and went traveling around. I think it was about twenty odd countries. Yeah, wow. just doing just doing the backpacker scummy backpacker dream. Yep. Um, Worked at like a few woofing jobs where you basically just work for free on farms, yep. and yep. I worked at a brewery in northern Scotland for like a month, which was awesome. That kind of like got my interest going a little bit more, and um, 
and then and then uh, the Northern European winter in uh, um, Japan, uh, up in Hokkaido, um, which is like incredible. Um, So, and then uh, that was like about 18 months away away from home, and I was kind of getting a little bit, oh, what was I, 20? I was just, I was thinking I was 23 or something like that, and then, um, yeah, I was like, I kind of want to get home and kind of stick my teeth in something. Um, and then so but I guess all that time away where would you say your, your favourite place or places were that you visited in Europe or oh that's a hard one I absolutely love Japan I reckon it was the yep. um, it was from a um, traveller's perspective it was uh, like it was so di- I mean in a um, like that's definitely like a first world country it's like yes. safe uh, yeah. but it's so different so yep. it's like everything is for a Kiwi it's like you know everything's super alien yep. but then they're also I mean even though I can't speak a, a word of English they're so friendly they're so um, accommodating and then like the food's amazing yes. the skiing's the best in the world or, uh, yeah. uh, certain, certain parts of skiing um, <coughs> food's incredible people are nice like crazy scenery um, mm. that was probably one of my f- favourites and then apart from that like I like, absolutely love love Greece um, yeah I've never been to Greece that's one place in Europe I'd love to go to yeah it, it was amazing just again food uh, and then I guess just like you know your classic beaches and yeah um, Mykonos uh, what did we go Mykonos Crete Santorini yeah. Yeah. all the all the classic right. hotspots yeah. um, and yeah I mean that was awesome I, I could keep on rattling them off it's, just, it's too it's too hard to I mean I love Italy because I live there because I get actually got to experience like the uh, the local aspect of it opposed to just going to like your your, your hotspots Instagram mm. hotspots um, to actually you know experience the food the proper food opposed to just like what you see yeah. you know uh, at all the the, fa- the favourite restaurants and whatnot. Do you go to the Swiss Alps at all? Uh, so where I was in Italy basically bordered so I could from my house in Italy I could see um, the Matterhorn so it was basically on the other side of the valley to us so um, we could we could go over to uh, it would take about an hour and a half to drive over to Zermatt. Yep. Go skiing in Italy. Yep. Uh, so go, go skiing in Italy. Go over the border skiing in in, in Switzerland, and then yep. you definitely wouldn't want to stop there for lunch. It was about you know it was about eighty to a hundred dollars for lunch over there, and you pop oh, over right. the, the hill to, to Italy, and it would be you know, ten dollars. Ten. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, I yeah, it was incredible doing it. Uh, on that budget because you, uh, you yeah. get to see so many places for I, I mean I sent like a, a pittance in comparison I went back to Europe what was it two two years just over two years ago and you know like, I can't believe what we, we did on this skin of skin of my teeth yeah um, so yeah it was awesome to do it like that um, with a back big uh, 30 litre backpack and mm. Yeah. So you came back after a couple of years. Where, where were you? Where did, where did you sort of land when you came back? Well, I was kind of like in between. Um, I was like, oh, I'm not. I came back at a weird time, so I couldn't get a graduate or graduate role uh, anywhere. So I was like, oh, I might as well just come back and do a ski season. So yep. I came down to Wanaka, worked as a ski okay. instructor at um, at Kadrona, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, just did the, the the five months here. And I was going to. I applied for a. Uh, an internship or graduate position at Line Nathan, Line Nathan as yes, a logistics engineer, place, yeah. um, and and as I was doing that, I saw a job um, or I actually applied for the job at Cadrona Distillery um, at the base of Cadrona. 
so you worked at the distillery? So yeah, so I got the job there and I worked there for about three years. Okay, Um, wow. And so that was kind of like my, I guess, yeah, chemical engineering. There's a lot of distillation and I had a lot of the theoretical knowledge. I just hadn't had any uh, technical, uh, hands-on experience working in a distillery but I mean as far as yeah just jumping into a job was pretty like head first and learnt kind of yeah. from the ground up well that's good you would have learnt a lot there then, oh yeah it was, it, it was crazy like learnt so much and then put, uh, I got put through my distillation uh, exams I guess you call it there's, a, there's an institution called the yeah. In- Institute of Brewing and Distilling and you can do uh, qualifications that's very specific to actually making spirits. My degree, uh, my university degree, was more like all right, distilling um, petroleum and distilling uh, uh, ethanol for uh, cars and stuff like that. Whereas this was all specific for like flavor and gin, vodka, whiskey. Um, so yeah, did basically did just nutted out my qualifications for that in a year. And um, so yeah, I got like, my diploma in distillation. And I guess um, um, so. At Cardrona Distillery, what, what's the favourite type of spirit that you like coming from that sort of place, or, or what you would have got into there? Uh, I mean, so that's where I really liked started to like whiskey. Yep. Obviously, it's a whiskey yep. distillery, yep. Um, and learning that. I mean, I'm a I'm an everything type of guy. I always like beer was always been my drink of choice. Um, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. drink a, a, a bottle of whiskey on the night out, um, but then also gin. I mean, I really got to understand and appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was definitely my, my favourite thing there. That like the making whiskey, which is awesome. Obviously, it's super young, um, but yeah, making gin as well was um, super fun. Yeah. Um, okay. And and yeah, so I worked there for three years, and I got to. Uh, you're sort of living around Monica there. Yeah, that li- stage? yeah, living. Uh, I mean, I still do live in Monica. You still live there. Yeah. yeah um, right. So yeah, li- uh, basically got to like kind of coming up three years and I, I, I'm not sure I was a bit stagnant and it was doing the same thing and I feel like I needed a little bit of like a, a spruce up and do something yeah. something something different and this is all while I was you know home brewing at home so like you know go to a eight hour day at the, at, at the brewery and um and, okay, the, and go and like so I had my flatmate and I we brewed together and you know we had like a little we've got like a little tap system at home and it was just kind of like a, a little 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 passion project and always kind of wanting to do something different I guess yeah um and and yeah so I, I basically kind of just uh bit the bullet and resigned and I just kind of got um hunted out new jobs really um took a bit of time off and um and then yeah I just kind of ended up here by chance so that so any so how long ago did you uh, leave um, the Cardrona Distillery? How long? Ago? Um, it would it would have been the summer of two thousand and summer of two thousand and nineteen. I would have left there. So two years ago, basically. Th- thereabouts, yeah. It would have been. Uh, I mean, so uh, yeah. I would. I think I resigned in to, uh, end of two thousand and eighteen, and then left the, the start of two thousand and nineteen. Okay, so nearly. Th- Coming up to three years ago. Yeah, 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 thereabouts. Um, and uh, and then yeah, I kind of had like a had a bit of like a soul searching year. Did a bit yeah. of like consultancy, so like helped yeah. um, so other places that were developing um, you know gins and whatnot. Um, help their, their recipes and stuff like that, which is like pretty fun. And yep. just did a bunch of odd jobs in Wanaka and mm-hmm. did, a, did a three months over in Europe and did a, a wine vintage where I worked in. Um, in France, just picking grapes and yeah. kind of learning how to make wine, which is super fun, and um, and and then yeah, ended up back in Wanaka, um, and uh, yeah, got this got this job here at Canyon. So, 
<laughs> so when did you start working here then at Canyon? When was that? So it would have been, it was pretty much just about bang on two years. It would have been middle of November 2019. Yeah, so November 19, so about two years ago here. Yeah. Uh, what was Canyon like when you first, um, you know, what was it like two years ago then? Because obviously I wasn't here until September yeah, 2020. So it was like, um, obviously we we were owned by um, Reeling Z, so um, big tourism company in in. Yep. in uh, Queenstown that has Walter Peak and the Earnslaw and yeah, lot, big company, yeah. yeah, a lot of Milf, um, Milford Sound boats. Um, mm. So it was undoubtedly a tourism company, and it made sense. I mean, they had so many outlets that served alcohol that it was like, all right, we um, we uh, should make our own beer and we can sell it to our own company. Um, it's okay, keep um, And we. Uh, so yeah, when we're here, I mean, like they had, we've got the rafting attached to here as well, um, which um, they own. So we had this huge influx of tourists every day, and um, it was, it was, yeah, our small brewery was under the pump with how, I mean, Queenstown was inundated with tourists. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of beer coming out of here, and I, when I got came here, uh, the beer was, the beer was 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 good. It was. Um, it was it was safe. It was a beer for beer for the masses, beer for. So uh, the beer for the bold slogan. Has that been around for a while? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that was from. We, they went through a few rebrands. Well, even while I was here, they, oh, okay. they went. Uh, I mean, I think it was just changing the um, changing the fonts and the and the slogans and yeah. everything like that. Um, and that was the basically for the latest one. Some of the the brand that we still hold true now. Yep. Um, and and yeah, so a lot of the beers were for the general market. I mean, we everyone. Uh, I mean, craft beer is such a huge thing right now yep. that um, some things are pretty crazy. And I mean, it was, uh, it was a, a business, and they, all their customers wanted you know lagers and ales and pilsners and uh, not, nothing too too crazy. So it was just cranking out a lot of those those beers um, uh, for all those um, different hospitality ventures that Real and Z had um, and and then obviously I mean I worked here for about three months and then COVID hit yeah so then March 2020 yeah buddy the world the world changed in a way forever yeah um, um, so obviously you had to sort of um, stop things a bit I guess I suppose during the the first the first lot of the um, the first time COVID came out and that you had we had the lockdown here in New Zealand um Takeaway orders were they still sort of going on? Um, do they start off doing that? Or? Well, we didn't really have much of a. Um, we uh, we had just commissioned a canning line, yep. uh, well, the one we have now, in in January. Yep. So we hadn't even had our cans in the supermarkets yet. We yep. hadn't ha- even had. Uh, we didn't have. We haven't built up because we were so focused on tourists. Yeah. We d- we hadn't really focused on the local market and getting the beers out to the. I mean, sorting out our locals. Yeah. So when COVID hit, we we kind of had shot ourselves in the foot, and that we didn't have this established presence, mm-hmm. you know, in six packs and supermarkets, and and in a way that people could, um, yeah. you know, get get beers um, to their door. So when that happened, we were kind of we had beer sitting in tanks, and obviously there was no one buying beer at um, at bars and whatnot. So yeah. we kind of came to a halt for about two or three months. Um, and then only picked up come winter. So the the, the front of house, the, the bar, was basically closed for the entirety of last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and yeah because I got here in September and it was it was obviously closed at the time and and then um, wasn't too long after that or might have been during that whole period there was um, did Real NZ sell out to... Yeah, so I think they, they wanted to just focus on their core core businesses. Yeah. Um, and so they uh, sold to our now um, owner, um, uh, Jimmy, who uh, has another hospitality business in town, the Boat Shed. Yes, um, down very in, good cafe. Uh, yeah. yeah, fantastic cafe down in Frankton. Um, yep. And, you know, same concept. I mean, hospitality businesses, not that they're uh, anything alike, but... You know, uh, being able to have alcohol at at both of them is uh, is, is super as uh, as an advantage. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he he came in not really any understanding of the beer industry, but just keen to stick his teeth into something and yeah. and create a cool develop on a on on the band, brand and get yeah. awareness Queenstown and, and outside of that. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've just kind of just been a bit of a roller coaster ride over the last since he's had it, would he, he, he be open to the public in January? So yeah, I guess it's been 11 months learning a lot. Uh, and yeah, just trying to, I guess we're trying to create a really good local yeah. awareness um, and and then yeah, trying to take it take it out of Central Otago. Well, I mean, the, the thing I love about Canyon here is that you, the location is just a fantastic location. You can't really have a, a calming sort of uh, atmosphere like this one. This is just really calming. And, oh, so um, you've got you can hear the, the shot over river in the background. Uh, you know, you, we saw a jet boat go past before. Um, you've got an outdoor, a huge outdoor area here. Not a lot of um, places in town or Frankton have got oh. um, this sort of setting uh, when it comes to to the so, so you know when it did open, um, yeah, great. Uh, and then you know, obviously you, you pushed. Push the getting the locals involved with things like the, you know, the, the trivia night uh, is really really good. You've got um, a guy playing music here on a Saturday. Mm. You've got um, sometimes they, I don't know if they had it, but more recently they had those um, Thursday night things. Yeah, like the uh, open mic night. Yeah, open mic night. Whether that's a karaoke or something, yeah. I don't know. But um, um, so yeah, I mean that's kind of the the, uh, the concept is to really like look after the locals and then. Uh, that, I mean, word of mouth is like the best type of advertising. So you kind of try to sort out your locals as much as possible, and then, yeah. and then hopefully uh, that there develops. Um, you know, if a friend comes down from Auckland, where should we go? Mm. Um, go to Canyon. They'll have they have good food and yep. good beer. And okay, well, let's, let's talk a bit about beer because I'd like to talk about beer. I guess um, since you started here, what new sort of beers have you sort of um, been involved in the production of? Uh, and I guess the marketing and, and and obviously the and where do they sort of come from? And like let, let's say well, so when, when you first started, what was the first beer that you might you might have developed that ended up going out to the public? So the first one that I developed was uh, yeah, it was kind of the first kind of um, what do you call it uh, diversion away from the the portfolio of beers that we had. Uh, uh, pre-COVID yep. um, and that was like a Cadrona Hazy IPA yep. um, I mean like I guess since 2000 and uh, looking at the beer market as a whole like since 2000 and probably like 18, 17 especially in America like Hazy IPA has been a huge huge thing so like kind of the most non-beer classic beer tasting beer you can get so super fruity tropical yep. um, quite sweet and low bitterness um, and that's kind of what we 
uh, um, tried to create, and that, that was uh, a, a beer named uh, after Cadrona, and it was for their 40th anniversary. Um, so that was a Cadrona 40th anniversary hazy IPA. Yep. Um, yeah. And that was kind of like the start of, I guess, the hazy hazy train for for Canyon. Um, and it, I mean, it is the um, uh, to date all the biggest products in New Zealand uh, and supermarkets are ha- hazy beers. Um, so that, that's what we reckon it's pretty more of a recent trend, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, kind of in the last, especially in New Zealand, the last kind of three years, it's it's been getting more and more popular, and it's kind of reached the peak. Oh, I mean, who knows? I'm not, it could keep on going up, but yeah. people thought it was just going to be a fad, but it, yes. it's it's kind of definitely, um, it's it's gone through different iterations of hazy, and they've yeah. got high ones and the low percentage ones, and yeah. um, just trying to find that sweet spot now. And so we've we've done a, a large range of different hazy IPAs. We've done. Oh god, and some of them uh, core beers, which um, basically we always have. So like our, our Conehead Hazy Pale Ale, it's five percent, and then our Cadronas six point four, um, and they're always always here. Um, yeah. But then, for example, we've just released the one for Movember. Um, the the top. Try this one. What's the, what's, the, what's the Movember one? Uh, it's the Tom Selleck. Hazy oh yes, yeah, Tom Selleck. Tom so. Selleck and the fantastic moustache. So um, we thought it would just be funny to do a beer named after him, and we're um, donating proceeds of that to um, so the fourth year to shave on the other day. And yeah, we all got um, got su- super clean shaven. So we'll see um, how your goes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going. I'm going up against guys who can grow a moustache in probably about five days, and I'm I'm yeah. I'm looking at looking at two weeks. Most of the month, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was kind of cool concept we um just brewing a small batch of it so we got about you know like 12 kegs and um all of the proceeds of, not, sorry not all of the proceeds but a amount yes. of those proceeds are going to go to movember it's just a cool thing to be able to do yeah, and we're having a part yeah. having a party at the end of the month on the 27th to kind of yeah. um uh support that with uh, yeah cadrona distillery coming to make cocktails there we're just having a bit of live music so um yep. it'll be um it'll be great um so yeah doing a bit there and then we did a yeah, I think we've done about six or seven different iterations of Hazy IPA. Um, yeah. or so the, the Whiteout one, was that one you developed? Yep, well? yep. yep. So that was... Uh, Strongish? Strongest, 6%, quite a grunty number. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just kind of like a play. A lot of the... lot of the When you come up with a beer, I guess I would like try to get an idea of what uh, I want it to taste like and then you have to come up with a name and then you have to come up with the concept of what we want, the either the tap badge or the... Um, the uh, uh, the label to look like so it's just yeah. uh, it's a constant uh, constant cycle of having to come up with ideas and descriptions and uh, whatnot so it's um, it's always it's always good fun but uh, relatively challenging at times to try to be creative but uh, I do enjoy enjoy yeah, that there's some creativity there yeah I mean it, it's obviously part of what you've sort of developed you know developed as a human over time with, with you know your background and mm. all the stuff that you've been up to in your life um and then i mean so of all the beers do you have actually uh and what sorry before we sort of ask that particular question i want to talk more about the more recent one that you did the uh the japanese sake beer oh yeah i had a taste of this the other day and this was um very very smooth i must say yeah i mean that that i like i mean this is kind of like a a one-off or a collaboration uh, that we did with um, Zenkuru Saki, which is just down the road in uh, Gorge, or just off Gorge Road. Um, and that is, I guess that there is the, um, 
kind of the height of uh, you can call it like a culinary beer like really uh getting creative with different flavors that you wouldn't normally find in beer yep. um which is um yeah well I, I really enjoy that and it's kind of a when for me brewing that beer i, I actually brewed it on my home system so that's 20 liters because I'd never done, it's not like a normal beer at all, it's, it's pretty weird and pretty funky, um, but you know, like I, I did it on a small scale, tastes pretty good, um, and then I go, oh, okay, that's proof of theory, and then I um, scale that up, so I was using, okay. using the, um, I guess the byproduct of the sake making process, and then incorporating that with some Japanese hops and some Japanese citrus uh, yuzu, um, to create like a night, like a super smooth, had a lot of beers. That's good. It's hard to know what my favourite beer is, but when I tasted that, just certainly up there. It's just, just, just the smoothness, and it's um, yeah, it makes me want to drink another one actually. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got a that kind of like. I mean, a lot of people when they think lager, they think of like kind of boring, yeah. uh, not a lot of flavour. I mean, it's, you know, they're crisp and easy to drink, but yeah. you know, like when in this world of hazy IPA, you know, like sometimes yeah. they can get um, they can get lost in the shadows. So yeah, um, this yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is the kind of intersection where it's a lager, but it's like super interesting. Yeah, it's got some unique flavors, but it's also super crisp, um, like refreshing, perfect. Like day like this, I think we're going to get to about twenty-three today. So that's kind of like well, what, well over twenty years. Yeah, that, that that's kind of what I want to be drinking. Like you can yeah. kind of have two or three, and you're 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 still um, you're still standing up because yeah. it's only four point seven percent. And yeah, it's got kind of ticks all those boxes. It's got incredible. Um, art la- la- label design um yep. tastes good it's a, I was cool story ask about that. let's ask about the art because the art is is quite different and it's quite uh whether it's out there or whatever it, it's it's memorable for um, sure tell us who, who does all the art here um so more recently um so uh mitch who you met before our sales manager Salesman. his his um partner fiance um, Michaela she has um, recently started doing more of the art um, she's come I think, on, I think I met Michaela I'm not sure after yeah um, a yeah and so she's a so she she works she's now working um, at Canyon uh, basically like two days a week and so we've got it yeah. yeah so I mean obviously there's a lot of moving parts and you yep. know we're always wanting to design a label uh, changing menus um, yep. I mean it requires a lot of uh, design work and you know being able to have a, a graphic designer at our disposal kind of like two days a week is like it's, it's so so great yeah um so yeah we kind of just we wanted to get a, a little bit of a japanese feel to the label yep um but then also kind of like a bit of a queenstown element so there's uh, you know the remarkables in the background you've yes, got the yeah. the zenku um their japanese calligraphy yeah um and then one of their brewers at the at Zenkuru, he's amazing at calligraphy, and he he wrote Canyon down in, yep. in Japanese. So we've got their name, our name, yep. and kind of all those like Japanese components. So like your cherry blossoms, your swans, yes. um, and all those like super light colours. So um, yeah, that there was. I, I I honestly reckon it's probably one of the best labels that we've we've done. Yep. Um, super talented super quick which is like amazing when usually it's the case that I, I brew a beer I need the label design before I brew the beer which is always hard to like you know get a get the uh, the, the, the flavour characteristics and kind of what we're going for before I've even so brewed is that, as far as batches is this something that's going to be around for a while is it a short batch or yeah I mean so we and uh, to put it into perspective I mean we maybe do uh, we'll do like 30 or 40 kegs and maybe about 4,000 cans yep 
um, and then that that there will like probably get us through all of summer. And you know, yep. if it's super successful, we go, all right, sweet, we can we can do it again. There's no yep. reason why we can't. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, it's been it's been great. A lot of um, cool places have uh, wanted to take that on board. Yep. Um, like restaurants and stuff like that who kind of want to move away just from like your standards like stock standard lager got something that's got a bit more of a story yeah. usually places that stock their yeah. sake so it's been a perfect end to get into places that we haven't mainly been able to get into before so um, yeah. uh, those guys have been amazing and super helpful and yeah yeah um, but yeah I really enjoyed that beer and the collaboration so collabs are fun yeah that sound, sounds like they certainly are fun um, yeah no it's, that's as far as all the beers that you've ever tasted, what's your favourite beer of all time? Oh, question. that's a tough question. Um, there's probably like a couple in in Europe that I had that were amazing. I have no idea what they were. Some Belgian beers, but if oh yeah, you go to Bel- you go to Brussels or oh, I was at a place um, called I think I was in Ghent, Ghent. Yeah, and I've like, been there too. Yeah, and they and they had yeah. like it was like 400 beers on on yeah. on bottle. It was like yes. it's it's too much, and I I can't remember what it was. It was some type of like dry hopped sour Belgian yeah. um, concoction. It was amazing. In New Zealand, I would say one of my favourite was like this um, beer by a, a brewery north of Auckland called Eight Wide um, and it was a cucumber Berliner Weiss which is like a lightly sour yeah. beer with cucumber in it uh, it's yeah. quite different but it was just the most refreshing smashable yeah. beer that I, I think I've ever had uh, and that probably oh, close I would, I would stick to my guns on that um, and then also one of my favourite beers is one uh, it's probably a bit, I'm a bit biased but um yeah, I brewed, uh, uh, it, it was a uh, hibiscus goza, um, which is like a, I, I do like sour beer, um, which is basically just like a uh, a sour beer that has been um, uh, dosed with like a, a decent amount of salt. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like, it's like salty, sweet yeah. um, uh, component and sour, obviously. Um, so yeah, I'd probably go, go with that. Um, but yeah, that is a that is a hard question. Yeah, what, what would yours be? I don't know. I could, I'll tell some. I mean, what, before I sort of get to that one, we're talking about Belgian beers. Do you like the triples or? What you... Yeah, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be that wouldn't be my day to day. I um, I I really like it. I mean, for for I I don't I wouldn't call myself a purist, but I do like beer. Doesn't really have the um, when you look at wine and stuff and a lot of these uh, wineries and vineyards have like the terroir so they make they grow their own grapes and they have that like locality of you know like it's the land that they're on and whatnot yes. beer doesn't really have that we get our malt from um, from Canterbury we get our hops from Nelson some of them from America yep. only thing that's local about it is the water that we use yeah, um, but like these Belgian beers they're all I mean some of them yeah you've got these like wild components so that it's fermented with yeast that's found in flowers from the brewery from the air yeah. microbes in the air and that's kind of like where all these belgian beers kind of originate from so mm. hopefully in the next six months we're going to get something like that going i just did one on a, my home scale okay uh recently something so. to look out for maybe um yeah, yeah. A couple of things so one, one of the beers i did like once probably i think it was italy was it in italy yeah, it was just like a bourbon in a in a beer. It was like an Adelscott. I'm not sure if you've ever mm. come across that label, but that was one of my favourite ones. Um, I think it was pretty much. I'm pretty sure it was Italy um, when I was over in Como or somewhere. And um, 
I guess you, you said I think you said your sister or is it your sister that went to Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Have you sort of had a look at the Brisbane um, craft brewing scene? Well, I haven't actually had a chance to to visit her since. I mean, well, basically, she moved there probably five months prior to lockdown. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I was super busy just starting yeah. starting here. So I yeah. and then obviously haven't been able to travel to Aussie yeah. since. So yeah. my parents managed to get over there. Just she had a baby, so they managed oh, to really? sneak in yeah. when the Aussie bubble opened, and yeah. then got back in time. Well, yeah. um, so I uh, haven't actually been over to um, to Brizzy, but my I remember my sister saying that it was like a awesome craft brewery, like you know, five minutes from her house. Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of them there. Um, you know, there's ones that have been around for a while, like New, um, Newstead Brewing and um, Green Beacon. If you ever heard of that one, that's quite uh, gets out there uh, obviously down Byron Bay you've got um, Bolter uh, yeah, there's also Bolter really really good yeah the other one I was thinking of um, Stonewood Stonewood yeah I've heard, heard them um, really good and uh, Soapbox um, which is right in the valley actually that's I don't know if you'd say it's taking over but they are getting getting in sort of um, more more well known um I've been to like a few. You, you, you may have been to a few different. Um, like they used to have this thing, a beer sort of festival or beer. What do you call it? A beer. Um, yeah, beer fest. Yeah, beer fest or something like that. They'd have a couple of different ones in Brisbane, and they'd bring, they'd bring all these different weird flavors, and you'd have oh. like um, ice vovo, like a, it's like a biscuit, an ice vovo beer, and um, all these different cucumber ones and. Yeah, I mean that's so, like. It, I mean, we're we're about to brew. Uh, it's a collaboration with a um, a brewery down in Dunedin, and um, and it's it's kind of like the a, a beer for craft beer wankers. That like, well, we're calling it buzzword um, because there are these like buzzwords that brewers love to throw into their the names of their beers that kind of like hype them up a little bit. And this yeah. one has got all of those buzzwords in it. So I mean, it's like a it's a sour f- fruited. Hazy IPA. It's every component there. So it's a, it's a passion, sour passion fruit hazy IPA. So it's literally everything you can fit into one beer. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But that's kind of a, a, exactly what you'd want at a beer fest because it is these weird, weird and wacky. It's like a one pint type of beer. Yeah. I mean, well, the other brewery, I guess the other small breweries around Queenstown or the other ones that that people go to and see. I mean. What do, you, what do you think? Pretty, you sort of uh, pretty impressed with what they get up to as well, as far and, as and like Queenstown, Wanaka, or yeah, and, around here and Wanaka as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've got like per, for the how many people that are in our region, we've got a we've got a lot of breweries, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Um, all kind of on the small to medium end, yep. like like us. Probably there's some that are obviously bigger than us, and some that are smaller. Getting, I mean, some of them are getting like you; they're getting out to the stores. Some of them, I think for sure. Seen. I mean, my my favourite is um like Rhyme and Reason in Wanaka. Yeah, big um, yeah. and they're uh, absolute legends there yep. and make awesome beers. Um, and like kind of same as us, they've got you know like a bunch of like you know ones for the masses. They're like really good Pilsner, or a Kolsch, um, like some, yeah. some like good classic IPAs, and then they've got you know super funky stuff like their lemon cello sour and like a coffee ipa and all these ones that are like you know for people like me and then just yeah. for the, uh, people who just want like a good clean pills and stuff that uh, ticks all the boxes so yeah they're um got an awesome tap room and um probably my my go-to when i'm over so i guess brewing as a career do you think that's do you think it's um do you see yourself long term doing this or do you think there's something else in the future as well 
Oh, I mean, alcohol in general, uh, uh, whether it's, you know, beer, gin. I mean, I, 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 lo- I love the beer industry just because it's a, a kind of a fun mix between, obviously, sciencey stuff, creative. I get to, I guess get to do, like, a little bit of the interaction between customers and, yep. you know, talking about what they want and um, yes. doing all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a nice mix between everything and, mm. uh, obviously, yeah, like... It's a it's a pretty competitive business, so trying to like I guess crunch all the numbers and having that kind of maths maths brain kind of helps being able to like look at it from a yeah monetary perspective as well. Like a lot of people just have their craft beer hats on and um, want to just make the craziest wackiest beer, but then the margin gets so low. It's just trying to have That's that. That's good to have that sort of. I mean, I've got a bit of a maths brain, you may know, but uh, accountant. I'm an accountant, tax agent, um, working remotely. Uh, practice is still in Brisbane so I've been working remotely since I moved and I've always had a bit of a maths brain so you always got to think about the numbers don't you you always got to think and if you've got if you're sort of a person that that's sort of a little bit you know business oriented you know and uh, you know making making uh, sense of the numbers is, is very important for sure I mean there has to be um Depending on the time of day, I have to put on a different hat. Whether you know, from the quality perspective, we're gonna have your brewer's hat and yep. making it taste as good as possible. Uh, I have to make it what the customers want. I have to make it, yeah, basically make it uh, um, sell really good, and then also have to we have to make money. So have to kind of look at all those aspects and find the the optimum point. Is yep. one of those little Venn diagrams? Have to be try to hit it right in the middle. Um, which is, you know, sometimes haven't done it, and sometimes um, we we obviously have with some beers, and you just learn from learn from the ones that you don't. So you live at Wanaka and you travel here. So how many would you sort of come here five, six days a week? Or yeah, I mean, I would stay one night in Queenstown at my mate's place, just yep. to, and then usually try to do big days. So work kind of like nine, ten hour days. So then yep. usually I've got like a, a half day on Friday, yep. say, um, yep. where you know I'm just here till midday and. Um, so you sort of get to choose your own hours a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean it's, it's all at the mercy of what what beers are brewing and whatnot. Um, so some weeks it works out well, and some weeks you got to kind of put in a, a big shift. And depending on how much beer we have, we have, either have to crank through a lot, and um, yeah. So uh, it changes every week. It's a pretty dynamic situation, like, and I kind of have to be able to predict the future as well. Like you know, we're trying to brew beer for Christmas now. Yeah. So, do you, as far as the brewing team are you, is there, who, who else is sort of involved in the actual? Is it, you're sort of the person who, is, I guess, is doing a lot of the stuff. But do you have other people that are sort of helping you? Or? Yeah. So we uh, obviously got Mitch, who's the sales yep. rep. So he goes out and slings the beer, and, and then yep. we've just got Grace, who's just uh, just started last week. So she's yep. kind of my two IC, yep. um, and she's uh, you know helping me with everything. So she's yep. out up top helping me package beer yeah, packaging, um yep. you know she's in there like uh if we do a, a double brew you know it's anywhere from nine to ten ten and a half hours so she we we split the shift so you know i start at 6 30 and then she'll finish it uh 6 30 so i'll finish at three and she'll finish at five yeah so it's basically just um, um allowing me to kind of do a little bit more of the back of house stuff and um all, all that kind of carry on so um yeah. yeah having her on board now is um is 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 awesome and um, kind of relieves some of the pressure and um, can assist Mitch in selling yeah, and, okay. and helping talk to customers and stuff. So I guess be, be, being a brewer, what's I mean, I'm obviously not really, I don't, I've never brewed really a beer in my life. I know my wife's sort of done a bit of home brew stuff before. Mm-hmm. 
But what, what do you think? Is, uh, is there sort of anything that's really a bit like a, a danger at all when you're sort of brewing beer? Is there anything you got to be really careful of? And, and uh, is there anything that's sort of... Or anything that's sort of happened when you brewed beer that's been a disaster? <laughs> um, I've never really... Apart from tasting just kind of gross... Yeah, I've getting, never getting the wrong... I've result, never yeah. well like because I mean it's like back like back in the day like um, you know people used to drink beer because it was safer than water because you I mean when the process of beer you boil it and you add hops yeah um, and hops are first of all a preservative but yeah. um, also you, you you're you're boiling the the water I mean back yeah. in the day they didn't know that but that was the I'll reason why photo before I forget that <laughs> um, they yeah they they boiled it so essentially they were creating a sterile product and through yep. fermentation you, you you lower the the ph of the I mean, water being roughly seven yep. you lower the ph to around like 4.3 4.4 and that there is uh helps with the stability of of the the product so you're actually creating something that is pretty pretty safe yep and if you go through the right processes i mean obviously i know that now but back in the day yep uh usually rule of uh thumb if it smells like beer you're fine yeah, uh, and if there's mold in it, don't drink it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, I've never really created anything that has been fully undrinkable. Mm, that's good. Uh, but but yeah, so touch wood. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, so you've I've definitely learnt the 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 hard way. Not because that's been undrinkable, but you realise. You know the what the the good beers and the bad beers mm. through different processes, and yep. you've had I've had infections before, but the, these are things I know now that are like very easy to fix, and um, yeah. uh, and it's only to my palate as well. I say the general population will just go, oh yeah, it's beer, but yeah. um, you, you through those type of mistakes, I guess you realise what not to do, and um, yeah, no, it's definitely it's a great location here at Canyon. I mean, I'm. You, guys have put a new chef on not that long ago the, the food is is really really good which is always a good compliment to a good beer is if you've got a you know you got some some uh, pork belly that's really tasty or or lamb rumps or whatever it is mm. it's some really good food so um, trivia nights are great um, I think it's the best trivia night around to be honest I've been oh, nice. it's um, I don't know if you've I don't know if you get involved in the trivia nights at all but um, they yeah that's sort of a bit of a staple i do look forward to you know monday come monday night coming here for the trivia nights oh, so. i mean yeah like summer here is just like obviously we're kind of nestled into the mountains so getting that late sun is just yeah. awesome here and uh, there's no yeah. re- real outdoor beer garden like this in queenstown i mean obviously we're a little bit further away from like central queenstown so a oh, little bit little fine. i mean that's you're five minutes out of town it's you know you're fine you've got all this going on it's, it's great you know? Yeah, so, um, it's a really good spot. so so yeah, summer's going to be um, summer's going to be really cool here, and yeah, releasing a few new beers over summer. Yeah, um, I look forward to that. Uh, and yeah, a couple uh, new hazy pale ale, which we're releasing in first of December, and maybe like a cherry, some type of cherry beer. Cherry sour, or yeah, probably like a cherry sour. Um, okay. I've got a friend who's got a, a, a cherry orchard in Alexandra, so yep, hopefully be able to kind of create just a super refreshing. Uh, pink yep. sour beer, which would be super nice. Yeah, uh, and yeah, apart from that, just trying to keep our heads above water and um, have enough beer for the silly season. Well, I hope it is. I hope it does sort of be a silly season anyway. I, mean, I, hope, I hope we get. We're still a bit. Uh, 
was tourists, we don't know when they're going to come. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's sort of a bit, I can't believe it's still up in the air on that sort of thing. At least some, a lot of the world, they know when the tourists are coming. Uh, here, we still don't know. Yeah, um, exactly. So we, it could be February, it could be March, it could be, who knows. It's, um, it's a bit of a guessing game, really. Mm, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that they sort some shit out. Um, anything sort of final before we sort of wrap up the podcast? I think we've done a good 45 minutes thereabouts. Yeah, no, I think, um, that's, I think we, we covered a good good uh, good range of topics. Um, yeah. But no, I'll learn something. I mean, it's always good. I wanted to sort of learn about, you know, some of the processes, which I think you've sort of gone through a bit. Uh, a bit about your background, how you sort of got to where you are today is, is always important to know as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we just want to make delicious beers that people enjoy and uh, kind yep. of that, that, that span a, a diverse range of palates. And you, ne- you never, uh, it's a, you know, it's like, it's like, like food, everyone's got a subjective, yep. uh, subjective taste. You know, some people yep. are going to love sours, some people ab- absolutely to test them yep. and then vice versa someone just wants a drink of lager someone wants a hazy so yep. trying to within our uh, capability to um, you know create something that you know everyone can enjoy then that's kind of my my end goal yep um, and yeah always be improving have a bit of fun yep no, that'd be good. it's great so no, it's been great to have you on the podcast we'll try to get this uploaded probably in the next 24 hours I'll share it to you can share it to the audience if there's anybody else that you think is a good guest for from the resort podcast just just uh yeah let me know but uh that's yeah, been awesome. episode 24 awesome. from the resort podcast with kit clinton baker of uh, canyon brewery thanks tim